Hey guys, you're listening to the Life Change Podcast. I'm your host, John, with special guest, Pastor Nick Tapia. I hope you are blessed by this week's conversation as we talk about the reality of relationships and marriage. Okay, awesome. So I'm here with special guest, Nick Tapia. Yep. Nick, why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself. Uh, just dive in deep, who you are, let okay. them know. We're going to be talking about just healthy relationships, okay. marriages. So, cool. yeah. Um, yeah, I am uh, Nick Tapia. I am one of the pastors at Rock Church of the Quad Cities. Um, I've been there off and on for about 10 years, almost a decade now. Uh, right now, my position is lead teaching pastor. I started out as kind of just like an intern, moved into more a youth pastor, kind of found out I wasn't a very good youth pastor, and then moved into more like an associate pastor role. My wife and I moved out to California. My wife, we've been married for almost four years now. We have a beautiful baby girl, almost five months old. Um, I came back, my wife and I came back, was it uh, about a year and a half ago? Um, just kind of, you know, with uh, we were kind of getting done with what we were doing in California at Bethel Church and uh, got the call. We decided it was the right move, moved back, and we've just been kind of figuring out what it looks like to be here in the Quad Cities um, and just kind of help build, build the kingdom, build Rock Church, and um, just kind of this new position. Um, yeah, I also run my own graphic design uh, uh, business on the side. Um, I've been doing that for like five years now, I think awesome. it is. What, what's the name of it? Uh, right now, it's just uh, Nick Tapia Design. Um, I'm Right now, I'm dabbling in photography a little bit. No, I don't, I don't, I have no desire to do like shooting babies. Yeah. This is not my thing. Um, I just, I've always had a, a desire to do photography and, and like people like Joe Hodel, who I just, he makes some of the most beautiful um, photos ever. I just like, I want to learn that not to like mostly to facilitate design, but also to just a hobby. You know, it's like a new challenge. I, I find with myself, I, I get bored after a while. Once I find it kind of fun, I'm like a guy who like I get into something, I find a rhythm, and then I kind of get bored with it because I can kind of self sustain it without putting much effort. So it's like okay, I got to find something new. And so I'm thinking about eventually doing design and photography of some sort. Nice. I'm just not sure what I want to do fully there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even some film. I have what, probably five, six years uh, experience of film editing um, that I'm pretty decent with, so I kind of want to get into that again. Um, yeah, and on top of that, I'm a dad, I'm a son, I'm a brother to a few people. Um, but yeah, that's enough about me, I, or uh, starting with me. You yeah, know, definitely. Good. So yeah. Um, and if, if you guys, uh, just for instance, um, mm-hmm. last episode, we ended up just talking about health and wellness. So if you guys uh, missed that episode, yeah. you can go back and listen to it on the Anchor Podcast or Apple iTunes. With um, Josiah? Yep, yep, okay. with Josiah Lorenzen. It's the appropriate guy to talk to. He knows, he, he's, a, he's a wealth of knowledge. He it's is. crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I actually met your dad before I even met you, which is the funny thing. That's awesome. Um, being that I was at Calvary Church of the Quad Cities for yeah. a year and a half or so. Yeah. And um, it was hilarious because I think you were gone at Bethel at the time. Okay. Um, you might have been, or you might have just been back. It was like around yeah. 2017. Were you were you back here yet? Or um, I think we moved back in 2007. So it would have been like July, August of 2017 we moved back. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, we moved in early 2016, about a year and a half or so, I think. So yeah, it would have been right around there sometime. Yeah. But um, was he still doing? Is he was he security? Had a security there? Yeah, still? yeah. Okay. He's actually a pretty inti- intimidating guy too. Yeah. So he's a soft he's very though. very friendly, but super intimidating. He's like, yeah, he's got the little mic in his ear and everything. Does he? It's <laughs> so funny. So I grew up at Calvary. Um, mm-hmm. I'm used. My dad was like head of ushers when I was still going there. Very involved. Like um, 
And so he got he became like head of security like way when I like when I was probably in my 20s or something like that. Okay. And so like to me he's just that big old dork, you know, that I've, you know, lived with and raised <laughs> right. me and now he's just you know, he's now he's become obviously more like a friend mm-hmm. as a dad, you know, and and so when people talk about this intimidating guy, it's like I remember that from my childhood. Yeah. But I want I kind of want to see him in like his Microphone, Secret Service look, you know. That's so, hilarious. That's cool. Did you like him when you first met him? Yeah, I did. Okay. He was very friendly. Is I got he? to sit in the front with him, so it's really, really cool seeing him every did day. Did you schmooze or, your way up there, or did uh, he just like, hey, come sit with me? Uh, maybe once or twice. <laughs> okay. But I'm I typically would just go up there. <laughs> okay. Um, so I don't really know a whole lot of your background, you know, just growing up and everything. Yeah. And I was actually taking a look at your Instagram. Yeah. And I was going scrolling through some of your pictures. Yeah. As soon as I saw that 007 Nintendo yes. post, I was like, Goldeneye? Yeah. All right, we're friends. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Not that we are, aren't friends already, but. You know what's funny about that? So I have a, a Nintendo 64 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that my original Nintendo 64 growing up as a kid, it was actually my brother's. I kind of inherited it. And I was actually dating a girl at the time. And I had like that, I had like, I can't remember what Pokemon game was on there, like mm-hmm. Mario 64, Mario oh, Kart, yeah. like the, you know, like yeah. the hitters, you know. And uh, we were, I was dating a girl at the time, took it over to her house, and then like we broke up while I was at her house, and then just kind of forgot, just kind of honestly like so ready to be out of the relationship. It was like two weeks later, I'm like, oh my gosh, she still has my Nintendo 64. Oh no. So like, what do I do? Do I call back and be like, hey, I know we broke up. Can I get my Nintendo 64? Maybe a couple of my hoodies I'll let you borrow. Like, you know, do that awkward phone call. Uh, But no, then I ended up getting, my mom knew how heartbroken I was. And when we were actually in California, she's like, hey, is there anything you want for your birthday or anything like that? And I kind of was like venting about that, you know, trying to find one. She actually bought me one and all made up for, you know, the lost of a... Of a game console, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm 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 actually not very good at 007. Oh really? I'm really I'm Man. really I'm not, like here's the thing I'm a humble guy, you know what I mean? Like I I, I don't normally <laughs> even at what I excel at I'm like oh, I'm okay. I'm for some reason weirdly good at Mario Kart though. Yeah, I've I've noticed. Yeah. yeah. Oh I, yeah, you played yeah, with me, yeah, have yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, you're really good. That's my. I jam. thought I was good. Really? No, not at all. Yeah, like, that's my <laughs> jam. Like you pick Super Nintendo and 64, in especially now Switch, like. Um, I don't know. I just it's it's in me, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. You so you're creeping on my Instagram. Yeah, I was man. I was that's like, cool. well, who's Nick Tapia? I mean, I know he's married to Kim. Yeah, you know he's got a, a, a phenomenal looking baby. Thank you, Francis. Right, mm-hmm. Francine. Fran- Frankie. You call her Frankie. Though. Call her that's, Frankie. Yeah, that's what I was going. Yeah, for. yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be hard to know what her actual name is, mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah. Yep. And so I wasn't on social media like during December I, when you guys had her, right? Yes. Um, yep. And so. I saw I saw that picture like a close up of her and I was like oh my goodness yeah. she's so beautiful yeah we love her <laughs> that's the thing it's I always told my pe- I always told people like if I give birth to an ugly baby I feel like I have like the capability of being like hey my baby's just I love her I love mm-hmm. her to death but she's ugly oh and so, no. <laughs> in my opinion she's adorable yeah so me so it's hard to know like if, do I see that just because I'm a parent who longs mm-hmm. to see the beauty in my child or is she actually pretty you know what I mean so mm-hmm. the affirmation that you and Many other people have shared makes me feel better about the look of my baby. I guess that's you know? awesome. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so being that people like know a little bit more about you now, mm-hmm. would you happen to know your enneagram or I do your personality type? I do. <laughs> I am a four, but not a not a strong four. I'm like a four with what they call like a three wing. Yeah. I think it is interesting. So like the four is what I've heard it called like the the romantic the original person there's a, something else like the like the creative type mm-hmm. of personality 
but like I'm there's a lot of like emotions in four which I definitely have yeah but they don't like propel, I would say argue they don't propel me as much because like and then a three if I remember right is like the the, the task oriented person mm-hmm. the kind of more get a to do list going right I'm a mixture of those two things like you have all this like like when I do design for instance yeah. I like want I want people to feel something I, you know or when I when I preach a sermon it's like oh yes I want you to use your brain with me but I also want to provoke something in your heart. Um, mm. But with that, I also like. If you look at like my sermon structure, my designs, like I have s- clear steps that are like tried and true and tested. And, like sometimes it doesn't work. Um, so like I'm, I'm a mixture of like left brain and right brain a little bit. I would say my I think it's right brain is the creative side. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more dominant in that area, but I ha- definitely have like that like what's the structure here? How can I right, yeah. formalize this a little yeah. bit just so I can be as effective as possible? Yeah. So yeah, I'm a four. What are you? Uh, you know, honestly, I I had it. Um, yeah. I'm a mutt, dude. Are you? I'm a mutt. So it, it okay. It, it said I was two. I was seventy. I was fifty percent. No, seventy five percent of two of them, and then fifty percent of two others. That's one hundred twenty five percent. I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna look at it now. Yeah, um, oh my goodness! I'm gonna scroll through my pictures right now because th- this has to be known. I I screenshotted it and I was no, like, you fine. gotta be kidding me! What? Yeah. Yeah, I what is this? So the only ones I heard of were like the eight who was like the the dominating one, I guess. Nine who's the people pleaser. Yeah. I think seven who's like the positive person. So I just only had a radar for those two. So when I got a four, not that I like disagreed, I was like, oh. You know, I like because here's the thing is I think when you're a creative person, Mm -hmm. you don't, I at least I'm like, I don't see myself as a creative person. I just see myself as this guy who's trying to problem solve stuff and try to make some money Mm -hmm. doing it. You know what I mean? I mean that as loosely as possible. so like to be labeled as a creative, it was like weird to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, and maybe there came a little bit of validation in that, but anyway, what's yours? Oh my goodness, so check this out. I, yeah. I wasn't lying to you, man. So it's actually three of them that are 75%. Really? So type one, considerate helper. Yeah. Type two, competitive leader. Yeah. Type three, intense creative. And then type four is the 50% at adaptive peacemaker. And then type five, a loyal skeptic. Okay. I, I don't even know what to think of that. Um, I see a lot of was it the one in you. I do, mm-hmm. and here's the thing too. It's funny about you is like you're um, you're so like loving and just like encouraging, and so some. But then sometimes <laughs> you'll kind of uh, in like a playful way bite a little bit, you know. And it's so oh, funny because you almost don't expect <laughs> it. But like you definitely see that like you're not afraid to like let what you think or like even a joke you make to mm-hmm. be like because who was it? Oh yeah, you made fun of Dustin Steester one time because he was more nothing but like North uh, North Scotland. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stuff. He's like, oh, where's the track meter? You just made fun of him or something like that. So like, I'm used to like Joe Hodel making fun of people or Josiah or whatever. And like you're just so nice. I think half the time and it's genuine that when you do, it's like. Oh dang! John's got some pizzazz <laughs> to him that I wasn't. You know, so. Oh my goodness! Anyway. So I, I, the reason why I kind of brought up Enneagram, I mean, everyone's about it, right but now, yeah. um, man, like I almost wonder if people would like put on their profile like this is my Enneagram yeah. if it helped in their relationships. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. just understanding people a little bit more, just playfully, just throwing that out there, dude. And here's the thing with that is. So my wife is a nine, mm-hmm. which is like yeah. the peacemaker, like just really like the easiest personality I think on mm-hmm. there. Um, I know Josiah's wife Deanne is that. And what I've noticed is I would not say that I'm like a dominating personality, but I'm definitely very stubborn right, and yeah. very like, I think driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may kind of even go unnoticed because I'm more soft-spoken. But like 
I know for a fact there's only a couple personalities on there that could like I could actually live with. For you know what I mean? Like because you're talking about marriage, someone you're committed to for the rest of your life. Like, right, yeah. And like I've seen so many people who are like both babies of the family. Just doesn't work out because they're both you know all being about them kind of mm-hmm. a thing. And so like the enneagram is is I think it's almost useful in some. I don't want to like uh, right. Like it's not like it's the end all be all, but like man, it certainly helps to know like you know. Who's this kind of going to be about in some areas? You know yeah. what I mean? Like for me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm definitely the driver in our family. My wife, though, is the glue that keeps us together. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? She's the, I'm the one who's like, hey, what's next? Where are we going? All that sort of stuff. She's all, but she's also the kind of the maintainer yeah. and making sure I'm fed and making, you know what I mean? Just like making sure I'm taking care of like myself a little mm-hmm. bit because I'm the type where I'll run ragged until I just have like an emotional breakdown. You know, that's how I was when I was single. Yeah. Um, but my wife being that person to sort of spot check Mm. And make sure, like, hey, have you eaten? T-? Like, she'll literally come up to me most days if I'm home working, growing home. Hey, have you eaten today? Wow. Most of the times, like, yeah, I've had like an RX bar, maybe some eggs, and that's it. And it's like three o'clock, you know. And so, yeah, dude, like having those things honestly helps you kind of navigate like who people are a little bit. Yeah, you know what I mean? What definitely. to expect? So, anyway. uh, speaking of speaking of Kim, like, how yeah. did you, how did you guys meet? <laughs> you guys are married, obviously. Yep, so. married for almost four years. Um, we met at a, like, a, the best way to define it is like an inter-church cities thing. It was called The Rising, I think is what it was called mm-hmm. back then. Um, I was a part of their leadership team for a little bit. Um, and pretty much what it was, it was something for, like, um, if you're out of high school, kind of that college career age, uh, early to mid-20s yeah. uh, age, where you came out once a month, they had a gathering, and they would have kind of a speak worship and, like, a speaker. And um, they asked me um, a month and a half ahead of time to... Um, be a part of a Q&A panel. So I'm like, okay, yeah, absolutely, love to do it. And I thought, okay, it's, I should probably go and just kind of meet the leadership. I wasn't on the leadership team at the time, just kind of meet people and all that sort of stuff. So I went there. She's actually the first person that I met. She was greeting at the door, handing out Chick-fil-A coupons if you oh, gave information. I know, my language. right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I'd been single for quite a while. You know, it's, it's one of those things, the old cliche, I'd gotten so content with it. Like, it was like that time where with God, I just kind of processed, you know, a previous relationship I had, and it was like, oh, I'm good with being single. Like, and I remember mm-hmm. a week before, I went on a family vacation. I'm like, oh, God, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I, I'm content. I'm, I'm content in yeah. who you made me to be, all that. And I uh, met her, and I thought she was cute right away. Just like, okay. immediately okay. was like, I like her. I want to know her better. Ooh. This is all there was to it. And so it just became very, very, like, vigilant. And I'm normally not this guy. Yeah. I'm always like, oh, if it'll happen, it'll happen. I'll, you know. And, um, uh, so we're sitting there, and I'm like, okay, i got to figure out a way to, like, get to know this girl. So, like, the whole service, like, the worship's going on, the whole I'm thinking in the back of my head, how do I get this girl to, like, notice me? You know, mm-hmm. so I can start a conversation. Try to be natural. Not, I don't want to be a creep either. <laughs> and, uh, oh, my goodness. And so, so I went and literally purposely sat alone for a little bit. And then my dumb friend, who, like, didn't pick up what I was doing, came and sat next to me. And I'm like, dude, no, like, I'm oh, trying to no. get away from you. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if she's a good leader and a good volunteer, she'll be like, oh, there's a... There's a, there's a sad, maybe moderately attractive guy that I wouldn't, you know, just make feel welcome and be a part of this, Come you know. On. And then so then I moved away again, and I purposely sat, like, right in front of her because, oh, like, the rosies are open. And it's kind of was like, you know, kind of had her in the back of my eye listening to the sermon. The sermon was great, I'm sure. And, um... Sure, the sermon was great, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I think so. <laughs> if I remember who it was, and yeah, it was good. I trust that it was good. Um, but, uh, and then, uh, so at the end of it, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, crap. She hasn't said anything. I gotta, I gotta you know, time's ticking. I gotta, you know, seal the deal. And uh, I heard her talk about the Chicago Blackhawks out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, perfect. I'm a huge Chicago Blackhawks fan. They had just won the Stanley Cup this year. Me and my brother were just talking about going up. They have a parade whenever you win in in the street. Of, you know, I can't remember what street it is in Chicago, in downtown mm-hmm. Chicago. 
And uh, so I'm like, hey, I heard you're a Blackhawks fan. Just kind of totally led with that. So I was like, hey, I think I'm going to, you know, are you, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm actually from the Chicago area, all that sort of stuff. And all right, cool. You know, we, I'm like, hey, if you're interested in going, like me and my brother and a few friends are going to go up to the parade. She's like, oh, let me get your information. I'm like, that's it. Oh, I'm wow. In. So there I took, is. Uh, she gave me, gave me a business card, a pen, put my name, number down, gave it to her. Um, try to keep this short is, is, and then I talked her into going out to uh, one of the local Mexican restaurants. I can't remember which one it is now. But anyway, purposely sat myself like right next to her. She had some friend who she was kind of blowing off to kind of just talk to me and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Kind of just put things together. Uh, told her I was going to take my niece to see Monsters University that just come out. And then I'm like, hey, you can come with too, you know, if you want. Me and my niece, you know, trying to like use the cute factor. Showed her a picture, how cute she is, all that stuff. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, I'd love to. I'm like, all right, you know, we're thinking going this Friday. And then we're leaving, and I'm like, hey, so Monsters University Friday. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, um, you know, it's a date. Kind of just like let her know, like I'm Ooh, not here for okay. just like friendship. Like okay. I'm, I'm interested in you. And um, so, and then I left my niece at home, took her to the movie, all that stuff. Um, Eventually, she texted me numbers, all that sort of stuff. Second day, I knew her told I was going to marry her. Oh, my wow. goodness. Wow, that is... That's bold. I, I want to say that's beyond bold. Yeah, that's like, very bold. Wow. Yeah, and here's the thing. I think you know me. I'm not usually not that kind of guy. No, you're not. You're very reserved, yeah. which is so, very so crazy. You know, I, I like to think I pick my words carefully. You know what I mean? But there was just something in me. It's like, you know what? I think part of it, too, I was, what, 23, 24 at the time? There you go. Not that I was old or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I was like, you know, I'm just done playing the game. Yeah, Of, definitely. like, do you like me? Are you into me? Where's this going? You know, I'm going to go, I'm gonna be a missionary in a couple of years. You know, like that whole thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. we don't know where this is going. So I just, like, told her straight up, like, look, I'm interested in marrying you. I want to get to know you. I'm not saying next week. I'll start saving up for a ring right now if that's what it is. You know what I mean? And and she, she's obviously even more. She's she's even more reserved than I am. Oh yeah. And so she's like, I could tell. She's like, well, I'm gonna have to really think about that and see how I feel. You know what I mean? And like, so first off, it was like I didn't scare her away. So yeah. That's you know now I know she's gonna maybe playing for keeps. Why'd you scare her away, man? Yeah. Take some time. That's over. You know, it's like, <laughs> all right, next one. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, and then she stuck around, and we took what a year or so getting to know each other. I just saved up for a ring. Um, and then was it like wow. I think it was a little over a year after I, I proposed, mm-hmm. and nine months after that got married. Yeah. So do you do you guys see any like big differences uh, between y'all's dating stage and 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 marriage right now? I mean, absolutely. Like, like what are some big things? I know I know like especially in the Christian world, we we want to make sure the person that we are dating ends up being something that we somebody that we marry. Like, are yes. they going to be a good spouse? You know? Yes. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing. Especially on my end, it was the just growing mm-hmm. and being faithful to growing. That's, it was so, so interesting. Important. Yeah, it was so interesting. At the time I met her too, there, I kept hearing all these things. Was like, uh, someone, some like literally the day I met her, it was like the month after. Someone talked about how like in I can't remember what country in Africa it is is all their marriages are arranged, and their divorce rate is zero percent. And then they would actually then they even went further and said that their like happiness factor was like through the roof, like 90-something percent. Whereas compared to, like, U.S. marriages, it's like nothing. Like, there's, like no yeah. one's happy in their marriage. Yeah. And so it, it, it spoke to me in that moment, like, you are, it's not so much you fell in love with somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I get there's emotions. You fell into desire with someone is probably the better way to put that. Right. But regardless of how you look at it, you are choosing to love somebody. Yeah. And it was at that point, I think my emotional maturity kind of caught up. And I still had so much growth to do. And I'll never forget, and I feel like it was a word from God even, was like, you are choosing this young lady. She is, she is, she's a, she's a daughter to two amazing people, and inevitably she's a daughter to God. 
You know, he mm-hmm. cherishes how her heart is treated. Yeah. And I'll never forget, I was just like, it's been in my head ever since, it's never, like every single day, never stop choosing her. And so for me, the biggest thing that's been happening is choosing her literally every day I wake up. Wow. Choosing her, um, despite when times get tough, choosing her when I, I feel like I'm right in this situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, and for I know exactly me, what you mean. Like, it, I was such a stubborn, and, 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 and you know, anyone who knew me would know I would get into a relationship, fireworks, you know, Roman candles, hot pink love, you know? Yeah. And then I would get bored and I would just detach. You know what I mean? I would just slowly let it run its course and then, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe let it fall or I would break it off, however. But with this, it was like, no, this time has to be different. That when the emotions of things kind of die down, you come back to earth a little bit, are you still gonna choose her? Right. You know what I mean? And um, so that was a big thing for me, it was just, and then two, like, learning how to f- honestly fight well. Because I was the type where, in my family, I kind of grew up, it's either you didn't fight at all or you fought to win. So that was me. Let yeah. it easy, it doesn't bother me enough to fight about it, or I'm gonna fight to win. And that was when, in marriage immediately, what kind of got exposed to me was, mm-hmm. I valued the content over the connection. You know what I mean? Instead of protecting connection with the person, I would right. value what's the content of what you're saying and how does it measure up against what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, well you're wrong, so I'm right. So you should just apologize. You know what I mean? Like just kind of that very yeah. combative way of looking at it, where it's like, no, 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 you can be right, and you know there can be a right or wrong, or there can be a difference of opinion. But regardless, there needs to be a protection of the connection between the two of you. Wow. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, because because the times we didn't do that, there was always like that 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 awkward air in mm-hmm. our our home. You know, it's like, like who's, how do we who's gonna who's gonna apologize for this offense first? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And like, the thing is, like now it's. We're slow. My wife is so much better at this than me. It's, 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 she's so quick to be like, hey, do you forgive me? Ask that. Whereas for me, it was like in the beginning was like, hey, I forgive you. You know what I mean? Like that, right. just that kind of honestly arrogant way of looking at yourself of like, hey, you were wrong. And I might have been wrong a little bit here, but your wrong was a lot bigger than mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so just learning to fight well. And, and two, I think the biggest thing, which I really am proud of our relationship, is from the get, we were very pretty, pretty real with each other. Yeah. And, and as a man, uh, as, as someone who wanted to protect her heart and cherish her heart, I always saw my responsibility to go first. Like, I'll never forget, we were on the phone one time, and I was like, kind of, again, like, you know, you should probably know about my family a little bit. And yeah. kind of divulged to her, you know, my dad wasn't the best dad growing up for the first, mm-hmm. you know, four or five years of my life. But he's had a radical transformation, you know, uh, given his life to Christ, a completely different dude. Told her a little bit about how I have uh, two, three half-brothers. I, I say two or three because I've met two. Mm-hmm. And I only know, and I, there's one out there, I think. Um, and, and really, there's just a lot of infidelity in my family and all that stuff. Yeah. And, it, and it, what, I remember forget, she said, you know, I have some issues in my family, and I had no plan of divulging that to you until you opened up first. And wow. so for me, it spoke to the power of like, okay, just being vulnerable, being real, being like, hey, my life isn't perfect. You know, and that was it within the first month or two of knowing each other. And that's a lot to share with someone, you yeah, know, because they can manipulate Some people get it. scared away by that exactly. stuff. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And like, and so, but we've always kind of been that way. And one thing I have, again, I'll, again, I have to give the credit to my wife because she's been more vigilant about it, is every Friday night we have date night, where that is just her and I go eat somewhere. Sometimes we don't even dress up. I'll, I'll you know, just throw on a hat, just make sure I'm clean, you know, and all that stuff. And lately my mom's been coming over and watching our baby and all that. Mm-hmm. But what, what I noticed it did is, because sometimes it almost felt fruitless, where it's just like, oh, we're just here just as a formality. Mm. But like there's sometimes where we'll sit and we'll eat and we literally would just talk for hours or you know talk for an hour. It's kind of just that reconnection. But what I've noticed is that simple practice of just like, okay, every Friday we know, we get dinner and we eat and we talk, you know, and that just those, that little simplicity has made us really good at communicating. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? If you look at a lot of marriages, their biggest issues could come down to communication. Either A, just don't do it, or B, feel like they can't. And so I know with my wife, no matter what it is I'm going through, because I think I've tested it, you know, and we both have, where I've had to come with, hey, I really messed up here. Hey, I really betrayed mm-hmm. your trust here. And, you know, with humility, and it hasn't always gone perfect, but for the most part, you know, when she looks at me and says, hey, I really need to talk about you seriously, I know, okay, whatever it is I'm going through, I kind of need to put it to the side and just listen. And she's right. done the same for me. Mm-hmm. And I think just that simple practice of even though it doesn't feel romantic, doesn't feel like a date night, we're just going to go out and we're going to do that. I just done so much for our relationship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you you're you're speaking on marriage, um, marriage rates and like the success of them mm-hmm. and like the American Psychology Association mm-hmm. kind of just pulled that up and oh, awesome. it, my goodness, it, it talks about like forty to fifty percent of married couples in the United States yeah. end up in divorce. Like yeah. and the divorce rate for subsequent marriages is even higher. Really? And like when somebody gets remarried, the chances go up yeah for divorce like, yeah I believe wow it. so it, it's it's speaking to like a heart issue it's Absolutely. speaking to that it's not necessarily um the other person that's the issue yeah it, it's something with us and absolutely. um I, I just man i just want to know like uh what what's the secret to making your relationship flourish i mean we've I think we've all experienced some level of heartbreak mm-hmm. due to a relationship that didn't work. Like, mm-hmm. how do you guys continually grow your love for one another? Mm-hmm. You mentioned date night. Yeah. Um, is there is there anything else that's like that people can take away? Like, boom, yeah. this is crucial for yeah. your marriage and your relationship. I think one thing it just popped in my head as you're talking is understanding that it's not always going to flourish, mm-hmm. or understanding it's not always going to feel like it's flourishing. Yeah. Because I know for my, so like my, it's so funny, me and my wife, we got married, we had a one bedroom apartment in Davenport, and uh, neither one of us were living together, we just, you know, kind of, she lived in Iowa, I lived in Illinois at the time, so like, mm-hmm. our, our, our time together is pretty regimented, to where we spent a decent amount apart together, so, and I'd never lived with a girl, ever, and so I didn't know what I was going to, she never, she never lived with a guy or anything like that, so, she came into marriage thinking, oh man, it's going to be so awesome. You know, we have a we have a we have a body, a church body around us is going to help us. Everything's going to be awesome. We're going to work out our problems perfectly. And I just remember thinking like, this might go rough. And I just remember people always saying, hey, the first year of marriage is the worst. And I'm like, mm. okay, I'm ready for that. So I just kept thinking of all of our fights, even in dating, like, hey, it's going to be like that for a year. I just had that expectation. And so for me, looking back at my first year of marriage, in my opinion wasn't that bad if that was the worst and which i think it was in comparison the last what almost three years mm-hmm. um it wasn't that bad but for my wife she had almost doubts that we were going to make it because her perspective was everything's going to be perfect and it's going to flourish right. all the time we're never going to fight or when we do fight we're going to get it solved all that and i guess i sort of and, and i remember someone saying to me a long time ago every expectation you set for a person they're probably going to fail Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to kind of wrap your head around. You know, like people are going to betray trust. People are going to betray your time. They're going to take advantage of you. And that's hard to think when you think of people you love. And so when I came into marriage thinking she's got every expectation I set for, whether that's just being on time with something or that's helping me work on something or, or, or picking me up, you know, from an oil change, whatever, simple things, she's going to fail at every one of them. So when your expectation is set, is there a person who needs just as much grace as I do? It sort of sets the tone for you to be like, not that you have low expectations of people, mm-hmm. but you understand they're human and they're trying right. to figure it out just as much as you are. Yeah. And to my wife, and I'm not trying to, she would admit this too, is her expectation was way up here. 
within day one, you know, uh, it was it, the reality was I was I was far uh, below that, mm-hmm. and so I think that understanding of coming into you're not dealing with just like a system of marriage. You didn't just pay. I think it's thirty five dollars in the state of Illinois to get a marriage license. You didn't just pay wow, to it. live with someone, something like that. Don't give me the the wedding costs far more. Right. Um, <laughs> um, um, but like you, you, you're, you said yes to a human being with their own will, with their own desires, with their own dreams, with their own, uh, what you would say, idiosyncrasies. You know what I mean? Like, so like you're navigating someone who is going to be explored and learned and understand until all of eternity. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that is honestly such a privilege. Yeah. Such an honor to, to, yeah. get, to, to get to know someone Absolutely. at a deeper level. Absolutely. Uh, a deeper intimacy. Absolutely. And, you know, honestly, like in my life, I know that I have definitely haven't valued that in, in a way that I thought I would, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and it gets really easy yeah. to be like, you're not so much a joy to be around, or it's not a pleasure to get to know you right now, it's not a privilege, it's a burden. Right, you know what I mean? yes, Like, because yeah. you're really annoying me right now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like, there's been times where, like, where I can just tell, like, you're not anywhere where you want to even be, like, you know, reconciled, and I'm not either. So we should probably just walk away from, you know, and, and I get that, that can be dangerous. But there's been many times where I'm like, hey, we, and we need, probably just need to walk away, take a breather for 15 minutes, and then come back with, yeah. you know, maybe a little bit more sober-minded and all yeah. that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is for me anyway, is making a relationship work is understand it is work. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and, and you'll flourish by understanding it's not always going to feel that way. And, and, and even though, let's say for a week, a month, whatever it is, you don't feel passionate about it, if you just work towards passion, if you just you know set yourself aside, you know deny yourself, put them first. Right. You're going to get back into passion. You're going to get back in desire. And as I get older, I'm only 29, going to be 30 this month. Already, I see the difference in me. It's like I look like I like after this, I'll probably go home and say to my wife and my child, I look forward to that. You know what I yeah. mean? Well, there was days where I didn't. You know, she would say the same thing about me. Um, but it's just that fight. Just okay. No, there isn't an out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's not. There's not. There's no way we're going to like look at this as this is optional. Like this is, we're either gonna figure this out or we're gonna fight for years to come. You know what I mean? Oh, Fighting goodness, it out, right? You know? so, <laughs> in a healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure that's a very unromantic way of saying, you know, you, you fight for your marriage and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, that's just for us. That's been the reality of it. And this thing is, I think us both. We both love each other more than we ever have. We both desire each other more than we ever have. Um, and the thing we notice too is with having a kid. A child only exposes what's already there. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like my, like my wife would admit it, I would admit it, like every insecurity I ever had that I could kind of cover up between Kim and I is now so much more exposed with just having a child there. Mm. And so it, it cracks me up, and I, I don't mean to make light of it, it's when someone thinks they're going to save a relationship by having a kid. Man, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's worked, but like for us, you know, I'm glad we took care of a lot of the stuff we did before having a child because it would have been a lot rougher seas had we just like let's just let's just have a kid maybe that'll tie us together more would you mind would you mind expounding upon that a little bit yeah um so i think so like when you when you add a kid to a scenario you already kind of have to deny yourself quite a bit yeah. you know what i mean like this thing this this this, this monster <laughs> this friend scene yeah this friend scene we call her cranky frankie when she's being a turd and then when she's eating well we call her frankie the tanky so we have a few nicknames for it, and that, that's, that's irrelevant right now. But um, <laughs> no, so when so for me myself, having this child, there's already like this dimension of like I have to kind of put her first, right? Mm-hmm. And so your emotional tank is already pretty emptied. 
you know, just at oh, that yeah. point, just playing the game, you know, just like, you know, you're already kind of doing stuff you don't want, you're waking up at times you don't want, you're doing things you don't want, you're standing when you don't want, because this child thinks you standing up is more comfortable than sitting down in a rocking chair. You know what I mean? So just like all these things. So you think about like some of your more stressed times of life, you're immediately more, almost more vulnerable in a negative way. You're a little bit more, your, your voice probably has a little bit more cut to it, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're a little bit more short-tempered, all that. And so whatever insecurities you have, like for me, I'll be honest with you, I think the biggest thing that came out was my rejection, my fear of rejection. Oh, that's a big one for me too. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I, my, this little turd named Frankie exposed that in me. Because I'll never forget, we went through a short season where all she wanted was mom. And I remember I, I would come home and I want to, you know, just hold my baby, you know what I mean? Like I'm still just kind of wrapping my head that I have a child and she just wanted nothing to do with me. And I remember uh, just kind of getting upset. Yeah. You know, like, just like genuinely, like, why? <laughs> like, I get, you know, she feeds you and carries you around for like nine, almost ten months or whatever. But I love you just as much. And I mm -hmm. want to get to know you and I want to hold you. Wow. And, uh, and I'll never forget, I had a one night especially, I was like, man, I am really hurting right now. And I was just really just like, yeah, for lack of a better term, really butthurt over it. Yeah. And I remember Kim having to say, like, she's not rejecting you. She just, she just, she knows me as comfort. You know, she had to actually talk me through it a little bit. And um, and so for me, it kind of really, that's the thing is I think with things like that mm -hmm. is it seems really small and maybe even like trivial, but I think moments like that almost point to the grander scope of your life. Mm -hmm. And I remember just kind of starting to process that with Kim and with God and thinking like, man, I think in general, I think anytime I know there's a possibility of rejection, I either kind of either chameleon myself to, to where you can't reject me, or I'll right. either, you know, with humor or deflection, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and for with, with, with the baby, that really exposed that in a way to where, like, I just couldn't run from it. And then on Kim's side with that was she had a lot of identity wrapped up in being a good mom or her definition of a good mom. Yeah. And when she, when you're with a child and you're just lack of sleep and she's not doing everything you want, and my wife likes to be calculated. She likes to know... At 9 o'clock a.m., the baby's going to wake up. I'll feed her for 20 minutes. She'll probably fall back. You know, she's like likes that, that regiment. And a child screws all that up. You know what I mean? Like, right when we thought we had a system with her, her, her time of sleeping would change. Her time of feeding would change. Her attitudes would change. She would start teething. You know, just things would go awry for her. And so she, she kind of exposed in her, like, I'm not a good mom because I get everything right. I'm a good mom because I love my daughter as much as I possibly can and whether I it's a good day or a bad day or whether I feel like she's gotten everything she needed like I, I I'm good because one God says I'm a, I'm a good mom and he's given me the identity as a daughter come on and secondly I'm gonna teach her the love of Christ and she's gonna grow up in a home that knows Jesus Christ as Lord that, and, and that sounds awesome but that's really hard to keep your mind on it yeah. when you're you know lack of sleep and your child's not cooperating and you can't get her to stop crying you know what I mean yeah. and so that just exposed those things in us I think I think you need to say that one more time like that <laughs> just about mothers being that we we just uh, passed Mother's Day on, yeah, on yeah. Sunday yeah. Um, I, man, I think mothers need to know, like, that you're you're a good mom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, like, yeah. To to that, if I can say, yeah, my mom is what is the quieter one of my parents. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? She's the more just kind of you know even keel, whatever. The thing is, my mom is she prayed for me, and I know that she did. One, she told me. Two, I feel like God told me that as well. Is is and I was the kid out of my two siblings that I grew up with, my full blooded siblings. My brother was very like zealous into youth ministry. My, my sister was all about church. Not that I wasn't into church, I just showed no expression. 
what was happening in me is I'm the type where I'm processing a lot in my internal world. I may not show it, I may look really indifferent, even annoyed, but I'm really trying to figure out what I'm doing. But I know my mom prayed for me as much as she could because she really thought, she didn't know what was going on inside. I didn't let it out, so that was, right, you know, right. I was immature. Yeah. But my mom prayed for me so much as that I would know Christ. And now look at me, I'm, I'm a pastor, I'm one of the pastors of a church. I've given my yeah. life to serving the kingdom, you know? And, um, and that's the thing is with, with moms, is you have the most important, but most thankless job on the planet, more than likely. You are that nurturer, you are kind yeah. of, I, I see so many moms who are the rock of the family. Yeah. And they go unnoticed. And, 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 and as much as a husband may say, hey, I, I love you and I appreciate you, just that identity stuff. Could, because you don't get a value, a dollar value added to what you do, mm-hmm. or because you know no one sees it, or because your kids probably act incredibly ungrateful, you can kind of get lost and be like, what am I? Who am I becoming? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. but they, that's the thing. Yeah. They are raising up the next generation of leaders. Absolutely. And it, it is such an honor and a, a privilege to like see that, you know? Yeah. like. But it shows such a great responsibility too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just want to say thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> hope it made sense. Yeah, it's yeah, big time. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, so, so, so being being that uh, we're talking about like you know relationships flourishing and all that all that good stuff, and yeah. you mentioned um, you know it's not necessarily going to flourish all the time. Yeah. But the process, like what what are the key points uh, for you? Uh, to, to make like for you and Kim's relationship like mm-hmm. that that prove the success of y'all's marriage yeah I mean I and I and I don't I don't mean this as dark as that might sound mm-hmm. and and I also don't mean it as um, simplistic as it'll sound is genuinely the only way our Kim and I's marriage works is that Jesus Christ is Lord of our household and is Lord over us individually um, again I'm the type where I get bored easily and I kind of check out, especially in relationships, you mm-hmm. know, romantic yeah. relationships. I, I have that history. You can look yeah. at my dating history. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for my wife, my wife and I came from two very different places. Um, we kind of grew up a little bit poor and then kind of came into, you know, my dad worked really hard, you know, provided a good home for us, all that sort of stuff. My wife came from Naperville, which is like, pretty sure it's like the number one nicest place to live in the country or up there. Mm-hmm. Um, which so like uh, uh, even she would admit a lot of privilege, a lot of you know, and so first of all, just to date somebody right. who isn't an accountant or a lawyer or someone very successful was foreign not only to her but to her family. And it's oh, funny wow. as I disrupted a lot of what I would say some of her parents' thoughts for her future spouse would be. Yeah. Um, um, and so we just come from you know two totally different places, um, and so genuinely. If it wasn't, because that's the thing, you, what you would have then, and I see a lot of marriages, you have two people with a different North Star that they're just trying to follow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For maybe for the husband, it's success and, and comfort, all that sort of, and for the wife, it's connection and, 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 and growing and having that picture-perfect Instagram filter family. You know what I mean? So it's like different. For Kim and I, I, I trust, I, you know, I see it, but I also want, I know and I trust, she is spending time with God. That's whether that's good. in her Bible, whether that's in prayer, and myself as well, you know what I mean. I I, 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 I try. I pretty much read the Bible every single day, mm-hmm. um, not out of form, but just out of some, a lot of times just desperation. Like, help me figure this out. Um, and and two, in even our worst moments, there are have been moments where it's like, man, this is really tough. Like, I don't know how we're gonna, you know, like, what is the solution here? 
what honestly almost always solves it is really getting away and getting in your prayer closet and being not being like you know it's you can get in the prayer closet and be like god you need to tell kim where she's wrong right you, you know what i mean yeah. you, you know all that sort of stuff but there's oh and i've had a lot of amazing men and women in my life be like no you need to pray where you might have gotten it wrong mm-hmm. you know what i mean like where can you let again lay yourself down and that's another thing is i see so many marriages where they're kind of an island to themselves you know what I mean? Where it's just like them two figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like even though it's successful for 10, 20 years, there's probably, I've seen sometimes where there's resentment growing in someone because they don't feel like they can share what they feel or where they want to go. Whereas like I've had Pastor Dan and Terry in my life since I was like three or four years old and specifically the last 10 years. And I can't tell you how many times where I was being a butthead about something and Dan or Terry's like, hey, you should probably rethink that. That's good. You know what I mean? Or even now, there's like there's people there's there's brothers like you who will tell who I, you know I'm involved in a lot of groups and a lot of people's lives and they're invested in me, and I would have to lie and manipulate a lot of people to continue to treat my wife like crap. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. well, I guess really I'm saying is accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't yes marriage is about two people and there's some matters you need to keep between you two absolutely, but I I think marriage would be a lot more successful just in our country wow. even is if it was more community driven I guess in a way is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and like and my wife needs to have people that one have her back but two, will be bold enough to say hey. You're kind of manipulating the situation. You should probably apologize to Nick. Or for me, hey, you're kind of bulldozing Kim. You should probably go apologize to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so those are, I think, I think one, Jesus Christ is Lord over our home. It's one thing we've been doing since we had a baby is before we put her down, we lay our hands on her, we pray over her, we pray over each other, and we pray over our house. And again, I, you can't tell me those little simple things don't add up to making your life a God-glorifying life and having a marriage that honors wow. and glorifies God. Not only glorifies yeah. God and testifies the goodness of God, but you actually have joy and pleasure and, and love and contentment inside of it. You know what I mean? Yes. So Wow, thank you so much for all that. Yeah. You know, I was gonna ask you, like, <laughs> what does it look like to love to love Kim like mm-hmm. Christ loves the church? But honestly, like I think you just expounded on all that. Good. You know? Can I share one story about that? Yeah. So I, I've thought about that a long time and and, and um and for our dating and early marriage, we were chasing my dreams a little bit and she was on board she loves ministry and all that sort of stuff yeah. and when we got the call to move to Bethel I'll never forget um, obviously part of it was I kind of need to take a break from ministry kind of be a student again kind of all that sort of stuff I was terrified of it um, and a long story short there was a lot of money involved that I could have you know gotten and all that and uh, one of the biggest things though that I remember God saying to me was in California Kim's gonna discover a lot of dreams and purpose so are you willing to lay aside what are your dreams to fulfill hers? Wow. You know what I mean? That's huge. Yeah. And, and, and that may seem small, but like for me, the biggest thing I, I had to really let go was being a provider. Yes. You know, I want, I want to mm. give my wife the option to, um, to work. And right now we have that option. It's awesome. It's beautiful. Um, someone said to me a long time ago, you're not the provider, though. You're kind of the high priest. God's the provider. Your job is to stand in the gap between you and your family and pray to God. That's what your job is. And obviously you work hard. We're not saying any of that. Um, But anyway, so California, a big part of it was dying to myself and loving my wife enough to say you and what you can accomplish in life is more important than my dreams and my idea of success. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge part of that. And, and, and we love to walk, you know, talk about dying to yourself, you know, picking up your cross, all that sort of stuff. But like that was a very expensive move. That was a very life-jarring move. That was a very scary move. And what was interesting about that was I saw Kim become the woman I always knew she could be 
Wow. You know what I mean? And, and, and yeah, it was expensive, it was, you know, all that sort of stuff. God, couldn't you have taught that here in the Quad Cities? Yeah, I probably could have. But like, I, you couldn't put a money amount, you couldn't put an emotional amount to watch my wife become more sure of herself, to watch her fil- fulfill some dreams, watch her get free of some stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, as much as, yeah, moving out to California was a little bit for me, I had to do some growing and changing, I would argue it was just as much, if not more, for my wife. Mm-hmm. And even if it, I didn't change or need it, I would pay it all over again just to watch her become this beautiful woman yeah. that she is now, you know? Wow. So. But thank you, Nick, so much yeah. for all that. You know, God is, God is so faithful to mm-hmm. see us grow into who he's called us to be. Absolutely. And it's like you're saying, just always having that growth mindset. Yeah. Like, how can I love my wife better today? Yeah. Like, how can I, but first, you know, loving God more so he can reveal yep. that to you. Yep. Um, yep. Man, I, I, I'm just so blessed listening to all this. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I know I go on some tangents and, uh, that I apologize, but yeah, yeah I, I just want to thank you so much for your time Absolutely, and man. you're such a great friend thank you brother and uh, right back at you yeah, yeah. seriously cool well awesome right. thanks for listening guys um, yeah pa- so Nick is again he's a pastor at Rock Church mm-hmm. um, his father does attend uh, Calvary Church of the Quad Cities and yep. if you guys live in the Moline area phenomenal church they're, they're mm-hmm. amazing doing amazing things just Absolutely. love the Lord and uh, yeah, I'll we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thanks, Nick. Take care. You too, buddy. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Life Change Podcast. If you are blessed by this week's episode, be sure to share it with a friend, leave a review, and add us on Instagram. And I'd love to hear feedback from you. All right, thanks again, guys, and I'll see you next week.